What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Shifta by Elizava, the online school for creativity, powers this space. There is no future without female creators. One more day, one more episode. This is Women at Work by Hey. Welcome. March is here, the month to celebrate, fight and reivindicate our space and society and the fields of design and the arts, what we do here in the podcast. Um, inspiration is what we try to spread, empower female creatives to understand that they can and will. And motivation is what our guest today is all about. Bissy Williams, it's great to have you here in Women at Work by Hey. Hey, Anna, it's amazing to be here. Thanks for the opportunity and the invitation. Good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon in Barcelona. Good morning in Chicago, where you are. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Bissy, you're a journalist and a designer and the co-founder of the design consultancy, Massive Change, along with Prismao. Um, design has to inspire, I heard you say once. How does it need to inspire? Gosh, you know, we can't do anything without inspiration. And one of the first things, our first principle that we use out of the 24 is design is leadership. And you have to start first by inspiration. You can't get anyone to do anything, take a big leap or a small mm -hmm. one, unless they're excited by it and that they can see the vision and can feel aligned with it and get some purpose. So we see inspiration not as a side effect of our work, yeah. but that we're responsible for it. Amazing. If you're not inspired, get inspired. No cynicism allowed. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I mean, this is amazing. This is great. I love to start like this. Um, what does design mean to you? Because we all have different perspectives of what design is, but what does it design mean to you? So design to me quite simply means a couple of things. So one is design is the vision. It's the ability to imagine a future and systematically create the steps to get there. Mm -hmm. So that's one. Two, uh, so that's on the vision inspiration side. Uh, design also is uh, what I like to call painting with money. Hmm. So when you paint, <laughs> so, so you design the thing. So designers are best able to allocate resources. Yeah. I mean, we look at how, where, and when, and what's the best way to use that money or that time or that space and their energy. And so, you know, design is super important. And if you don't think that way, we think that all business, if you have a business today, you're a designer. And so not only do you need to have a vision yeah, and that's leadership, but you also need to know how to create your own economy and actually maximize your resources without yeah. killing the planet and yourself and your energy. Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> if you get all that in the same package, that's amazing. Right. Um, let's think big. And um, okay. I hope you like that. How can, I love it. How can design change the world? Gosh, well, design can change the world in a number of a number of ways. First of all, design is a collaborative a collaboration sport. Can't do anything without teams and partners. Mm -hmm. And so, 
if you want to change the world, you know, you need to have synthesis thinkers, people who can actually look comprehensively. One, two, you need people with uh, imagination, not only verbally, but visually. When you put the ability to visualize and actualize and build, you have models that are easily prototypable. And that's how, that's design's role in getting all of the other disciplines and forces together to actually have massive change. So um, design can change the world, as we were saying. And how do we women um, have to, what do we have to add to that debate? Gosh, I mean, like women are fundamental to how we're going to change the world, how we're going to redesign everything. I think women have the power to inspire, the power to lead, and the power to nurture, and the power to care. Not that those things are necessarily the domain of women. However, the ability to collaborate, the ability to look at, uh, take on multiple tasks at one time, not compartmentalize, but actually look at things with compassion and care and empathy for this design solutions that we're providing. Mm-hmm. I think that's super important. It's not just um, efficiency. It's not just the front of the brain, the neocortex. Yeah. It's like the emotion. It's the beauty. It's the care. It's the long-term effects that we're looking for. Can't do short-term. Can't have a baby and think, okay, this quarter, it's done. Yeah. It is like a, a 25, a 50-year-old you know, 50 year, a thousand year project. And so that's where I believe that women can really lead, where they can take the role, where they can be an inspiration. And most importantly, you know, bring the inspiration and the care and the strategy. Amazing. Um, If we think about designing the future and how are we going to build what's going to happen from now on, what's our responsibility on that? Um, what's the first social issue you think should be redesigned? What's the first challenge that we need to tackle right now from a design perspective? Health. Health. I think we need to t- tackle health and wellness. Without health, there's no wealth. We've Without seen that wealth, lately. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's been a passion of mine. I think that, um, designing for wellness, for wholeness, right? A holistic view. Mm-hmm. And by that, when you look at that, and by the way, when I say health, I also mean life. Like we need to design for exactly. all of life. So all of the living creatures, humans, as well as the things seen and unseen. I think that our biggest design challenge is to really look at those coexistence yeah, and also the reciprocity and, you know, asking permission from the universe, from ourselves, from each other, as we want to do things, grow things, make things and evolve. So I really do think, uh, you know, a healthy person also creates a healthy planet, creates yeah. a healthy ecosystem. So I think that's our greatest design challenge. And then, you know, that also extends to uh, designing the food that we eat and those ecosystems, the buildings that we live in and the materials that we use and the clothes that we use, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you start looking at it holistically. Hmm. Um, and then I think that, you know, the design solutions that we make will actually get us to uh, health and wellness and, and create more wealth, if you will, and abundance in different ways than we could ever have imagined. So we need to change that mindset that we've we've had until this point about taking what we want from the planet and just destroying it all over, right? Yeah, and I and I, I have to say that I have compassion for people in the past. I mean, it's like they didn't know yeah. then, and I always kind of joke like, um, 
people forgot to uh, read the last chapter, you know, of the invisible hand, you know, Adam Smith, because it's like, <laughs> sure, you can maximize all those things, but if you deplete your resources, then you've killed your business. So what we look at is we want a world where we can get to forever. And we want a world where it's beautiful, not yes. less than no, 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 no mean slap your hand. We totally want more carrot and less stick. And, and that's again, the role that design plays because if you think about it, you know, we have the gasoline guzzling cars yeah. and those were amazing. You know, it replaced the horse. It was beautiful. We could get to A to B. And then, you know, Elon, he makes an electric car that's equally as gorgeous and exciting. Well, by the way, it has the same thing. It has a wheel. It has a chassis. Yeah. But it doesn't, you know, do harm. You could put it in your house, right? Yeah. So we're going to have those things. You just have to design them and evolve them to be mindful yeah. of what the impact it will have. So with that, I say we have to expand the brief. That's our biggest project. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a discrete brief, but when you actually expand the brief, you have to look at all in the totality of yeah. what this problem you're trying to solve and what might be the knock-on effects. So that would be the difference. Um and that's just amazing. And we're going to keep on talking about that because I think that's very interesting. Because among other things, your your work focuses on um, trends and how to adapt to this very change in high-speed environment right now we've, we've lived in. No? What's the most um, significant change you've seen since you founded Massive Change in 2010? So that's a great question, Anna. Okay, so the it's the... How the power of digital, mm -hmm. and and I'm going to say a couple of things. There's um, I look at the Grin technologies, which Grin is, technology, yeah. So Grin, Grin, so it's a you know genomes, robotics, oh. you know, in nanotech, yeah, and information, and those four things have just shot through the roof. And it's really a big deal to sort of try and wrap your arms around the galloping, not the four horsemen of the apocalypse, but the galloping <laughs> for, uh, let's say, the angels of possibility, right? With you have genomes, informa information, robotics, and nanotech allows us to do incredible, amazing things. Yeah. However, you know, Designing the ethics around that, yeah. designing the uh, the tools around that, designing the rules and permissions around that, I think is our greatest challenge. And for me, um, from a design perspective, the governance of those things as they apply to our life have become a passion of mine. Actually, it's like it wasn't it was a hobby before, and now <laughs> it's a passion. You're opening the brief completely. Yeah. You have to because you just have to. Right. And, and the example was, um, we had the incredible honor of meeting, he's now deceased, Sir Harry Croto, who mm -hmm. won the Nobel Prize for chemistry. And at that time, our daughter, he, he was fascinated by her. She was what, uh, eight or nine years old. Wow. And he was saying that, you know, science is super important. But one thing that I took away, not that he won the Nobel Prize and the carbon 40 was yeah. he had a Nokia phone <laughs> and, uh, he took it apart. And he couldn't put it back together. Oh, my God. Right. And he said to me, uh, this was like 2003, um, that's the first time in my life that I have been unable 
to take apart something and put it back. Oh, my God. And I'm thinking, wow, dude's a Nobel Prize winner. He invented this new carbon (laughs) and he's got this thing. And if he can't do it, it made me really change our practice to think about what does that mean for the average person? I mean, being inaccessible to all these technologies completely. Right. Not understanding how it works. And the idea here is that, you know, you don't want to go back to the allegory of the cave, you know, where everyone's afraid of the dark and then the mm-hmm. light comes up. And so that kind of transparency in expanding the brief and really being clear about what we're trying to do builds trust, yeah. builds competency. And I feel that that will allow people to move to the future without fear, but like get on that ride because it's going to be amazing, right? If we design it that way. Um, We've started talking about your work, and I would like you to describe how has your career been uh, since when you started working in the, when you went out of the workspace until this point? So it's been really amazing. So, um, you know, before, three kids, husband, business, <laughs> everything else, uh, it was a little bit different. It had to be strategic. But the, the main goal was um, work on what you love. Work on what you love. Work on what you love. And so, and it sounds soft, but uh, in the last 10 years, that has been it. So if I don't love it, and it takes time away from the things that I love, yeah, I don't do it. Period. We should tattoo that on our foreheads, all of us. Yep. It's just work on what you love. And when you work on what you love, uh, you get better work, you have better energy, you bring the joy, and you find inspiration every day. And so that was the mantra. And now that my my children, they're still always your children, but they're older, I have more time and even more energy really? to work on what I love. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Like on fire, on fire. As you were speaking about your career and uh, you mentioned many things that went on, I was thinking like sometimes the personal professional life balance um, is challenging to manage. How has it been in your case? Because you were saying that um, it was wonderful. Well, you know, it does also by design. So one of the things that (laughs) it just really is like the notion of 50-50 doesn't work. Okay. And so, you know, we made the decision earlier that it would be, it's sort of dynamic. And so there would be moments where, you know, um, I need 100% of the lights. Mm -hmm. And then there'll be moments where Bruce needs 100% of the light or the studio. And so... We kind of learn to um, make it a project, right. if you will, so yeah. that it's not uh, it's not strict. You know, like okay, it's six o'clock, take the babies. Okay, it's two o'clock, make the lunch. But it was more about flow, right? And if you take it about flow and you look at it in the long term, then you actually build the joy, and that's also where working on what you love comes in because it's like, look, like. Here, uh, the joy meter needs to be at the right yeah. uh, frequency. Mm-hmm. And in order to be, you know, a good wife, a mother, a lover, a friend, a colleague, like, you know, there's that reciprocity. It has to rock and it just has to roll. So very early on, we just sort of designed the pace of like and checking in. And so, uh, and that's like, so that you feel successful in your, you know, small wins, sometimes big wins, but ultimately like everyone makes it across the finish line, healthy, happy, and whole. Oh, (laughs) that sounds amazing. That's the strategic goal. Um, 
because many creative women think about this, and um, when we get to a certain age, this kind of topic becomes something that's in the back of your head all the time. Like, how are you gonna? Do you think that nowadays having a harmony between a family life and a professional life, a career, it's actually achievable? Yes, and I should preface this by saying, for women, um, you need to be very thoughtful. Uh-huh. about who your partner is going to be. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it doesn't matter gender, whatever. It is, think very carefully about your partner and the values of your partner uh-huh. and the dreams of your partner. If your values and your dreams are 100% aligned, Everything flows. Ah, my God. We need to make a book out of this. Right? Because, yeah. and that's it. So it's, you know, um, I have a great partner in life and in work. Yeah. Who supports me and I support him and we support each other. I'm not saying that it's all like champagne and roses because there's friction, but then you also... Uh, have space because creative work is about discussion. It's discursive. Yeah. You need to have ideas flowing and rocking around. You need to try and experiment with things, you know? So it was like, how are we going to have a life of culture, you know, art and design and children? How do those things balance in those worlds? Because it used to be mutually exclusive. Like there mm, were times where like, why, right? Like, why are you bringing that thing, which is my baby? <laughs> To this meeting or to that gallery. And it's like, well, you know what? Like this baby is part of our life and we have to just make it normal. And I think nowadays um, we can do that and more. So pick your partner carefully and also no debt. <laughs> like, <laughs> that'll kill you. So it's like, you know what? So like literally like those three things and I feel like you'll be just cool. And the no debt was a gift from Frank Gehry. It's like <laughs> there's no like bolder type for this. It's just uh, definitely pick your partner carefully. Totally. Um, what have you learned in your career that made you think, change your mindset posit- positively about the world? Well, I I, I realized that um, one individual and a group of individuals could have a positive change, and so I. Um, I, I started in journalism, very, mm-hmm. I studied it and, um, those skills have suited me well, but I realized I wasn't built for a world where I had to hurry up and wait. Right. Where I had to actually passively take information and then yeah. regurgitate it. So when I changed it to like, well, can we create the stories? Can we be the story for the future that we would like to be? Can we imagine those ideas and projects that could actually create change, yeah. not passively, but actively. And that's when the whole joy factor came in. And it's like, actually, you know, whatever you think you can do. And so we always say to our clients, because uh, we can't get anywhere without our clients. So it's a totally collaborative effort. Yeah. Uh, you know, be careful what you dream of, because you'll get it. So, you know, dream with your heart. Talk to us with your heart. And whatever your heart desires, as designers, we can systematically figure out how to get there. And so that also, that joy factor of having people achieve their dreams and being a part of that journey and those outcomes is also deeply fulfilling and 
especially when they're working on uh, our clients are working on massive change projects. Yeah. They're looking at working on how they in their particular milieu metier can make the world better. So for us, it's a win, win, win. So that's when I'm like, every day is a great day. Um, busy. I've got so many more questions to make that I repeat what I said before. You will have to come to Barcelona and visit us for us to make this interview live and, um, yeah, just have your amazing brain and inspiration here. Thank you so much for being with us today. Anna, thank you. And it's been my pleasure and I love Barcelona. So <laughs> I'll see you soon. So that's a yes. Um, and to our listeners, Thank you very much uh, for being there another week. Uh, we will hear you next week. And don't forget that our podcasts, both seasons, are available in Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks, stay tuned, and fight the patriarchy. Okay.